0: all without needing a huge team or audience. Join me and thousands of entrepreneurs making six or seven figures on Kajabi, regardless of your audience size. If you're ready to turn your passion into profit, Kajabi is your next step to success. So what are you waiting for? Build, grow, and keep what you earn with Kajabi. Start your journey today, and right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business. If you go to kajabi.com/earn, that's k-a-j-a-b-i.com/earn. Kajabi.com/earn and join the entrepreneurs and creators who've made over six billion dollars. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there now. Earners, what's up? Look, this episode is sponsored by NerdWild's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to NerdWild's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your money. I can't front. The nerds have helped me get smarter about a few things, like planning my tax bills so that I don't dread April every year or making a budget. That's balanced, not just buying sneakers and fly clothes or saving on travel because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night or maybe a five star dinner or boosting my credit score. Since we all know credit is like the real life cheat code. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines can have on your life. You'll get the clarity you need to make smart decisions with confidence. Smart money is the smartest way to get even smarter about money. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future, you well, thank you.
1: All right. So you recently just closed a round, I believe you raised ten million dollars as a Reg C equity crowdfunding, correct?
2: Yeah, Reg CF. Yeah, ten million in three rounds. So, all right.
1: Um, and you're the first black person, black man, to do that?
2: Yes. History has been made. Kudos to that.
1: Congratulations. Congratulations. So can you explain to the audience, what exactly does Reg reg CF equity crowdfunding, it's a lot of different words here. What, what exactly does that mean? And why is it significant um, what you have been able to do?
2: Well, um, I think it's very important because uh, African-American people and minorities have a really tough time raising capital for their businesses, going to banks to get loans, We're going to venture capital to raise capital. And so in 2012, Barack Obama and Joe Biden kind of launched this regulation called the jobs act. And it went into, it went into law in 2015, which means any person um, can raise capital from the general public for their business, regardless of their net worth or annual income up to $1 million. That's that was the first rule. So we did that um, in 2020. So, Think about how important that is for people that aren't accredited investors to invest. But then someone like me that had a startup that wanted to raise capital, but VC was not necessarily the route at the time, or me going to get a bank loan um, to raise an excess of a million dollars. So that's why that's important for any any business that you want to start. Primarily, you know, what I'm saying like small businesses, um, which fan was at the time to be able to raise capital is significant.
1: For those who want to break into um, the tech space, what advice and insights would you give those who may feel like it's not for us? And if you can do your journey all over again, what steps would you wish you would have taken to get here faster?
2: Ooh, um, everything's for us. We innovate everything. There's nothing Mm -hmm. that, you know, we can't do as a people. So every single solitary thing that exists on the planet, you know, we can go to space, we can build tech we can, you know, um, invent, uh, cures for diseases, all kinds of stuff. So uh, I don't think, um, there's anything we can't do. Um, I would say study, you know, learn the landscape. I had to study the landscape of social media. I was kind of like a person that used social media a long time before, but just studying the landscape of how social media works. Um, it was interesting to be able to like jump right in. I honestly would not change anything. And I know that sounds crazy, I feel like my inexperience in the space gave me an opportunity to 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 go down my own path and not try to follow what other people have done, which probably would have wound up dead ends or maybe had me discouraged in what I was trying to do. So I love everything about what we've been able to do. So I think it's extremely important. I think it's extremely awesome um, and what we've been able to accomplish.
0: So so talking about being naive to the space, a lot of times when you're naive, you're extremely creative um and that's something that fan base has stood on being creative in a space because obviously we don't have the same capital and when i say we i'm talking about the company uh don't have the same capital as some of the big players inside the space but what happens when you see your creativity being taken by a larger company or being implemented by another a larger company with more capital how do you guys combat that how do you deal with it you know what's the strategy
2: well i don't I have a belief that there's enough room for everybody. Doesn't mean that fan base will, will just be, you know, extinguished out of the market. But I also think that every social media platform has a lifespan. It will live, it will die. And so um, I look at Facebook as a legacy platform. I look at Instagram and, and TikTok and X now as middle-aged platforms. And so there's always going to be another social media platform because young people are always going to want to be, um, involved in platforms that their parents are not on. They want to have their own communities, their own spaces. And so I look at Fanbase as more as a, a successor, a future platform, as opposed to a platform that's just ready to be the number one platform in the world right now. But over the next five, six, seven years, um, I think that'll be you know, the case. I'm not really worried because what I notice, it, it tells me a lot. It tells me that I always look at Black culture and technology as kind of this relationship. It's like technology tech companies put a bunch of Legos on the table. Right. And then we come along and make the coolest shapes and the coolest objects out of the Legos that are presented. And then these companies take those ideas and then implement them into their business. And then boom, you've got this whole, you know, entire, um, you know, new technology that's been invented or pioneered by us. So I think we'll always innovate the space. I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'm used to that.
1: As amazing as the plat. No, go ahead, Rashard. Well, I was going to ask you about equity crowdfunding. I think that um, it's important for people just to have some level of understanding. So, it's an it's a way for people to actually invest in a company. It's beneficial for the companies because they can, you know, get around the VC world and and they can raise, you know, substantial amounts of money. But from an educational standpoint, how do investors actually get paid on this? Because I know it can be difficult to receive, you know, it's five hundred dollars. It could be like you know, ten thousand people that that contribute, right? Um so I think education is extremely important because when people aren't fully educated and it, they don't see a return or they don't they don't know how to you know get the money back well then it turns into a scam so oh, yeah. that that's important to to fully educate people on the process of investing mm-hmm. what the expectations are how it works when they can get paid out if they do get paid out the percentage mm-hmm. like can you just walk us through that? Because like I said, I yeah. think that it's fully important. It's very important to educate people on that because if not educated, then, you know, other narratives start to be created.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, you guys cover both areas on this show, but it's typically like pre IPO investing and post IPO investing. So yeah. post-IPO IPOs, when the company's on the stock market, you can go buy shares, Nasdaq, you know what I'm saying? And invest in companies and do stuff like that. Pre IPO investing is really a very rarefied air that's really not available to most people because of this rule called the accredited investor rule. And this rule has been in effect since 1933, which means you have to have a net worth of a million dollars minus your house or make $200,000 a year for two consecutive years to even qualify to invest in an early stage company. So when you think about the Microsofts, the Apples, the Ubers, the IBMs of the world, they were all invested in by already rich people. So it was rich people saying, Hey, look, let's make a rule so that we get the earliest access to the best opportunities of investment. And then tell the general public we're protecting you by not risking your capital to invest in these companies because you're an unsophisticated investor. We don't want you to squander your life savings or your mortgage or whatever it is, you know, to invest in these companies. But I always say, no one has a problem with us going to take our money and gamble five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars on the on on uh on the, in Vegas or um go buy lottery tickets, five thousand dollars, five hundred dollars worth of lottery tickets. And so, when you pre IP, uh, pre IPO invest in a seed stage company such as Fanbase, I always say this you are with us to the moon or the ground, so you get along, you are along for the ride, which every investor is, and there's not a company out here. There are people that have invested in startups that have gone unicorn and have gone bust. Yeah. They still take that same risk. The difference with equity crowdfunding is that people are able to invest in small amounts, $250, $500. And I'm not saying that's not a lot of money, but sometimes there are minimums to invest in these other companies, these, these pre-IPO companies, $50,000, $25,000, $10,000. That's a lot, $5,000. That's a lot. But to be able to say I can take 250 bucks, which is something that I would spend on food or some shoes or some drinks at the club and invest in an early stage company is kind of a really big deal. And I think being able to take advantage of this regulation is something that is game changing um, for people. So I understand that people are always concerned about scams, but that's why I think there's limited. It's called limited risk because Mm -hmm. limited risk is you're investing two hundred fifty dollars, five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. There's risk involved, but it's not you risking one hundred thousand, two hundred thousand half a million dollars. And sometimes, you know, people invest that in those, those pre-seed rounds as well.
0: Yeah. I just have follow up to that. So when we go into raising, how did, what determines the allocation that's going to be the amount raised, right? Cause we'll see companies or we'll hear it, uh, pre they're, they're trying to raise 2 million. They're trying to raise 5, 10, 15. What are yeah. the factors that you determine to saying like, this is the amount that we need to raise? Is it marketing? Like what are the things that go into account when you're trying to raise a specific amount?
2: Well, for me, I put it in perspective of equity versus valuation. So if I would say, okay, I'm going to raise, um, my very first round I raised, I was going to raise a million dollars at a $20 million valuation. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's like two and a half percent, um, of the company or 5%, I'm sorry, 5% of the company. So it's not really a lot of uh, equity to give away for $1 million, you know, to get 5% of the company away. Um, at a $20 million valuation. So what you're typically looking to do for me is raise funds needed to run the business, but also be mindful of the equity that you're giving up in your business. Because a lot of times when you think about angel investing or VC investing, especially when you don't have capital, and, I, and I'll say this too also, I bootstrapped fan base in the beginning. So a lot of times mm-hmm. tech startups need that early, early capital, that $100,000, that $150,000 to get started, I spent $200,000 of my own money. So then I avoided giving up equity there, right. And a lot of times, that's where you get hit the hardest those that first 150 $200,000 might cost you 10 15% of your company, depending on which angel investor, which route you take. So I avoided giving away equity there. Then when it got to the point where I needed to raise capital, I saw the landscape and said, Okay, this looks like the music business to me. This looks like the VCs are the record companies, Mm -hmm. artists, and the billboard charts and the app store charts are very similar. So for me, I'm trying to stay independent as long as I can to put myself in a position to have leverage. So when I'm valuing my company, I'm still going by the same metrics that other companies have raised and set their valuation at. but I'm being mindful of not taking too much capital, right? Cause I want to say, okay, fan base right now is probably is, is, at this current round we just did was valued at $85 million. Right? So if I said, okay, I'm going to raise, um, $30 at an $85 million valuation. That's like 33% of the company. I don't yeah. need that. I don't need, you know I, don't, I, don't, I don't need that, you know? I don't need that kind of stuff. So for me, um, I say, uh, let's keep the valuation low, but enough to continue to scale the company. Now we're getting into escape velocity zone with Fanbase, where we need to raise large amounts of capital to spend that capital faster, to build our team, to build faster, better products faster, and move quicker so i think we've proven ourselves in this reg cf space i think i'm i'm done with the reg cf space I, I, I think i've mastered it and i'm pretty well versed in it but now we're moving into where we raise escape velocity capital and that's extremely important
0: the enhanced american express business gold card is designed to take your business further